0: If you have your Bible, uh, we're turning to a well-known passage of Scripture tonight, just as uh, before we baptize these dear people tonight, in Acts chapter 8, Acts of the Apostles chapter 8, and if you don't have a Bible with you, don't, don't worry about that, you just listen uh, to the Word of God tonight. But if you have your Bible, we're turning to Acts of the Apostles in chapter 8, and down to verse 35. In verse thirty-five it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture preached unto him Jesus. And when he and, and, and as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And we know that the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of that short word of Scripture tonight. We've come tonight to this baptismal service. And I don't know if you've ever come to a baptismal service or not, but I just want to bring some very simple things before you tonight about what we're doing. Because what we're doing tonight is just obeying the Word of God. All that we're doing is seeking to honor the Lord and what He has told us to do. This ordinance of baptism is known as believer's baptism. We're not here tonight to promote infant baptism or even adult baptism. But what we're here to do tonight is to bring before you the truth in the scriptures of believer's baptism. You see, that was exactly what Philip said to the eunuch, if thou believest. Whenever Philip, in the start of this chapter 8, went down into Samaria, it says when the people heard, they believed and were baptized. The very same thing is said of the people whenever Paul went down into Corinth. It says many of the Corinthians hearing, believed and were baptized. Now just for a moment tonight, I want you to stop and I want you to consider for a few moments some things that these people heard. Some, people, some things that even these five people tonight that are going to be baptized, some things that they would need to hear before they'll get baptized. And if you're in this meeting tonight tonight, and you're not saved, these are some things that you'll need to hear if you're ever going to get saved. Because the message that Paul went to Corinth with and the message that Philip went down into Samaria with is the same message that we preach here tonight. The first thing I'm sure that these people heard, and you'll find it throughout the word of God, is the reality of sin. Now you're maybe in this meeting tonight, and it's maybe the first time that you've been in a church. I don't know. But I wonder, have you ever made the discovery that you are a sinner? The Bible says, for all have sinned. And I'm not up here tonight pointing my finger at you, because I'm as big a sinner as what you are. The Word of God says that the Scripture hath concluded that all are under sin. And you know, dear friends, tonight, if you're ever going to get saved, if you're ever going to believe this is something that you'll need to believe, you'll need to believe that you're a sinner. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And every individual in this meeting tonight, we're all infected by sin and we're all affected by sin. We've all come short of the glory of God. We can never seem to hit or even come near the standard in the Bible. We've all lied. We've all taken the name of the Lord in vain. We all know something about envy and lust. And you in this meeting tonight, if you're not saved, I want to tell you, sir, madam, whoever you may be, you'll need to discover the reality of sin. That's what these people believe. But they not only heard it and they not only believed the reality of sin, they heard something about the, the, the destiny of their soul. You see, this world is not the end. The grave is not the end. Whenever the week comes to your house and you're in that casket and they say the nice things about you and the sort of parent you were, or child you were, or husband or wife you were, let me tell you, it's not the end. The Bible says it is appointed unto on man once to die, and after this, the judgment. The Bible talks about a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And this meeting tonight's divided, not by race and not by education and not by how wealthy you are, but there's a divine divide that runs down this meeting tonight. And the eye of God alone can see it. On one side there's those that are on their way to heaven and there's those that are on their way to a lost eternity in hell. Now I wonder what side of the divide you're on tonight. Because if you're not saved, let me tell you, it doesn't matter how good you are or how how well educated you are or how nice you are. If you are not saved in this meeting, whenever you will die and you will die, you'll go to a lost hell. You see, these people heard that and they believed it. But they not only heard something of sin and its reality in the soul and its destiny. They heard something about death and its finality. Whenever we were driving home, Charlotte and myself from the meeting this morning, just as we were driving through Cookstown Main Street, there was a car in front of us, and on the back of the car it had a finger with the death reaper on it, and it said, you are next. And in his hand it had the dog tags of a a soldier in his hand. And as I drove down through the street, that's what was pointing through the window, you are next coming for you. You see, young person tonight in this meeting, that's exactly what death could be saying, and God has brought you by his divine appointment into this meeting to tell you tonight that death is coming for you. He can't avoid it. He can't postpone it. He can't rebook it or delay it. Whenever death comes, and it will come, It's an appointed time. That's what these people heard and they believed it. But they not only heard about sin and its reality and the soul and its destiny, they heard about, listen to this tonight, Christ and his ability. Because I'm glad tonight that there's one who is willing and able and ready to see it. One who we've been singing tonight from sinking sand, he lifted me. With tender hand, he lifted me. I'm glad tonight that Paul and Philip and the apostles and even men down through the centuries of time didn't point to a church or didn't point to a denomination or to works, but they could point away to the Lamb of God who died on the cross of Calvary and shed his precious blood. And let me tell you tonight, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And you know these people tonight that are going to get baptized, they've put their trust in him. The hymn writer said, I need no other argument. I seek no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died. And that he died for me. You see that word believe there, it's a word to have faith. The Bible says that for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's the word to rest upon. And you know, dear friends, tonight, if we could look away back to Calvary and see the Lord Jesus dying there, if we could see him with the crown of thorns on his head, if we could see him there, the wrath of God upon him, let me tell you the words that came from his lips was, It is finished. Nothing more to do. And the day that you discover that you're a sinner, the day you discover that your soul is either going to heaven or hell, the day you discover the finality of death the day you discover that that man is the saviour, the only saviour, and you rest your all on him, you know what will happen? You'll be saved. Just to rest on him. To put your trust in him. But you know, it's not enough to believe. A lot of people believe. Whenever we do the doors of the open air, do you believe? you are no, oh, I believe. Or do you believe that Jesus is Christ is the saviour? I believe that, they'll say. But that doesn't make you a Christian. When in Acts chapter two, the apostle Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, and the men and brethren cried out and said, "What shall we do?" You know what he said. He said, "Repent and be baptized." You see, these people tonight that are getting baptized—it's not enough for them just to believe. There had to be a day in their life when to turn from their sin, to turn from their iniquity and turn to God. I wonder if you ever done that. Wonder, has there ever been a day in your life when you got real for the first time with yourself and with God to turn away, to do a 180 degree turn, to turn from darkness on the light? You see, that's exactly what the Apostle Peter said. He said, repent and be baptized. That takes away infant baptism because let me tell you, an infant can't believe nor repent. This is believer's baptism. This is a conscious decision to get saved. This is something that you have to come to. You'll not wake up one morning and become a Christian. You have to come consciously and honestly and humbly before God and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Your son died on a cross and I want you to save me and he'll save you there and then. That's the message of the gospel. That's what men and women preached. Paul preached. That's what Philip preached. That's what these men and women heard. And that's what these men and women believed. That's why whenever you read the scriptures, you'll read about Lydia. Whenever she was out at the riverside where prayer was wont to be made and she was saved, it says after she was saved, she was baptized. Now there's some of you here tonight and you're saved 30 years and you're not baptized. Well, Lydia was baptized after she was saved. The Philippian jailer, he said, What must I do to be saved? And the cry came from the inner jail, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then they went home to the Philippian jailer's house. And you know what happened? They were baptized after they were saved. I wonder are you baptized? That's exactly what happened to Paul. That zealot that was on fire trying to destroy the church, he had that encounter with the risen Christ. And whenever Ananias came to him and he received his sight, you know what it says? It says, Paul, arise and be baptized. And there's a word to some of you dear people tonight and you're not baptized. It's about time that you were. I hear people saying, I need to have a word for that. Let me tell you, friend, if you read your Bible, you would have got it maybe the day that you were saved. Arise and be baptized. What about the Lord Himself? The sinless Lamb of God. Two days journey from Galilee away over to Jordan. And there John was baptizing and it says that John forbid him to be baptized. And the Lord Jesus looked into the eyes of John the Baptist and this is what He said. He said, He, he said, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh to fulfill all righteousness. You know what that word righteousness means. That word righteousness means it's the right thing to do. Now dear friend, tonight if you're not saved, getting saved is the right thing that you need to do. And if you are saved and you're not baptized, well let me tell you, baptism is the right thing to do. Whenever you think the Lord left the slopes of heaven and went down into the dirty waters of the Jordan, I wonder could you get into a bit of water tonight? Well he could. But the question is, will you? I'm glad that there's five people here that will. Because whenever the Lord Jesus came up out of the water, you know what happened? It says whenever he come up, it says that the heavens opened. And the Father could say, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And you know what will happen whenever these dear people go down into the water tonight. Whenever they come up, you know what will happen? They'll bring pleasure to the heart of God. Because whenever people obey the Lord, they please Him. I wonder, do you please the Lord? I wonder, are you living tonight a life of obedience, trust and obey? For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You see, this is not advice tonight. The Bible doesn't give advice. We're dealing with commands, we're dealing with hard facts tonight. The Lord Jesus, before he ascended up into heaven, he said, go therefore, and and teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Those were almost the last words before he ascended into heaven. You know, dear friends tonight, if you want blessing as a believer, we have to obey the Lord. That's what you heard this morning. If you want to go through with God, if you want to mean business with God, there's just one simple key that you and I need, and that is obey. Obey. There's two ordinances that the Lord Jesus gave the church. One is the bread, the breaking of the bread. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And the other was baptism. Just two ordinances that I gave to the people of God. And you know this tank tonight, as men and women go down into the water, it's just the very first, Step of discipleship. You know, we Emily there, Emily's just about to walk. And we see her the odd time and she takes a wee step and then she'll fall, she'll go down. But you know, dear friends tonight, if you want to start walking with God, if you want to start going through with God, you'll need to take the first step. There's a whole lot of God's people are worried about ten steps down. Here's what you need to do is first thing when you're saved, here's the first step now, is be baptized. Baby steps. We baby steps of obedience. You take your Bible and read through Acts of the Apostles in chapter 2. It says, when they received the word gladly, they were baptized. And it amazes me how many of God's people are not baptized. To live a life of disobedience to God. Mary, the mother of the Lord, down in the wedding of Cana, she said to the servants, whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. Do it. I wonder is that one of the hindrances in your life as a believer tonight? Is that why you're not seeing blessing? Because you're not obeying. We will give you an opportunity to do that tonight. Just to obey the Lord. You see, this Ethiopian eunuch, this man, the chancellor of the exchequer to Ethiopia, reading Isaiah 53, and Philip got up into the chariot beside him, and he preached unto him Christ, and whenever he believed, he says, I believe. You know he goes on and he says here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? Now if I was to ask some of you dear people here tonight that are saved. What hinders you? What is it that holds you back from obeying God? Maybe there's someone here and you'd say well pride. It's pride. I wouldn't want anybody to see me in, in, in the tank. Well God help you. Whenever the Lord Jesus died for you and he humbled himself. Maybe it's not pride that's hindering you. Maybe it's your parents that are hindering you. Oh, my parents wouldn't agree with that. Or my parents, they wouldn't come to let me tell you, dear friends, what the apostles said. We ought to obey God rather than men. Maybe there's someone here tonight and you will say, I'm not baptized because of fear. And the fear of man bringeth a snare. And it's not an easy thing, let me tell you, to sit and come up here and stand before men and women and go down into the water. It's not easy, but let me tell you this, the Lord will honor it. The Lord will honor it. It takes a man or a woman now to stand for God. And don't you be talking about stand for God if you can't even go into water. Whenever the Lord went down into the depths of the agony and sorrow at Calvary, would you not go into water for him? Don't talk about obeying the Lord now. This is just the first step. Just the very first thing. Believe and be baptized. You way back in Ezra chapter 10. It says these words. Arise for this matter belongeth unto thee. We also will be with thee. Be of good cheer. And do it. It's about time some of you done it now. Just obey the Lord. And I would love to encourage you tonight. Go through with God. Go through. My, there's some of these people that are baptized and They're not saved that overly long, you know. And they're making a good start to go through the waters of baptism earlier in their Christian life. To make a mark for God. And it's about time some of you went through. Go through. But you know, there's not only baptism and the saints. There's baptism and submersion. Because baptism in the saints tells us who's to be baptized. This is just believer's baptism. But you know the Lord is not the author of confusion. He just doesn't leave us to do it whatever way we, we want to. The Bible talks about Bible uh, baptism by immersion. Going under the water. The Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 4 that there's only one baptism. There's only one kind of baptism. And let me tell you, dear friends, tonight, whether you like me or whether you don't, you'll not find sprinkling in the Bible. And let me tell you another thing, you'll not find pouring in the Bible. Those are all made by man. We're not interested in what man wants. We want to do tonight what God wants to do. You see, this word tonight that we're dealing with, we've heard it many times before. It's the word baptizo. It's the word to go totally under the water. It's the word to go right down. It was the word whenever women dyed the garments, they had to go right down. It's the word whenever a bucket was dropped down a well, in order for that bucket to be filled, it had to go right down. And I challenge you tonight, I'll challenge you, if you can find not only a verse, but even a word in the Bible, that will condone sprinkling or pouring. You'll not find it, it's not there. And not only is it not scripture, let me tell you this, God doesn't recognize it. He doesn't recognize it. This word is to go right down under the water. It says that John baptized at the Jordan because there was much water there. and You don't need much water to sprinkle or you don't need much water to pour. It says that the Lord Jesus, when he come up out of the water, the heavens open. It says in this very chapter in verse 38, if you cast your eye to it, and he commanded the chariot stand still and they went down both into the water. Verse 39, and when they were come up, you have to go down and then come up. And you know, if you and I want to go through with God, we'll need to go down. We need to humble ourselves. Go down. And then there's a lifting up. What does hinder you from being baptized? Maybe what is it that hinders you from getting saved? But there's not only baptism and the saints and baptism and submersion. This is the final thing. There's baptism and its significance. Because what we're doing tonight and what these people are going to do is not just, it's not a light thing to do, you know, it means something. There's a meaning behind all this. And that's why we need to obey the word of God. That's why we need to do it. That's why we need to follow on the footsteps of the Master. It's just to follow him step at a time. And whenever he went down into the waters, you and I, we need to go down, and then we need to come up. And one of the meanings of this mode of baptism, this water baptism, is identification with Christ. Because whenever these people get into the water, and whenever they go down, it speaks of death and burial and resurrection. And In Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul, he says that we're baptized into his death. We're buried with him in baptism and we're raised in the newness of life. Whenever these people stand in the water in a moment's time and they go down under the water, they're really saying, I'm identifying myself with the one that died for me. And they go down under the water and then they'll come up and it's a picture of their resurrection coming up in newness of life. I want to tell you tonight, dear friends, the Christian life is a life of victory. New. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. It's about some time some of you dear believers died tonight and identified yourself with Christ and got into the water and say, I'm going to nail my colors to the mast for the man that died for me. Not only identification with Christ, it's dedication to Christ. You see, whenever they're under the water, it speaks of death, and it's really a funeral service that we're having tonight. People that are going to die to self, going to die to the old way of life, going to die to the old world and say, I'm dying, I'm going to live for Christ from now on, I'm going to dedicate myself, lock, stock and bar to God, surrender all and lay on the altar for him. To be sold out. And if you have taken that little book at the back about baptism, it'll tell you there about the, it's, the word is sacrament. It's a sacrament, like the Lord's table is a sacrament. The word is in the Greek, it's an oath. And a Roman soldier, whenever he was going into the army, he took an oath of allegiance. And as we see these people going down into the water and identifying with Christ in his death and burial and resurrection, you know what they're saying. They're they're making an oath tonight that I'm dedicating myself. I'm alleging myself to this man. I'm going to be sold out for him. I tell you, dear friends, tonight if we could get people in this hall sold out for God, we would turn Ireland back to God. Indeed we would. But then, you know, lastly, it's not only identification with Christ and dedication to Christ, it's a confession of Christ. Whenever these people get baptized tonight, you know what they're saying? I'm not ashamed of Him. How could you be ashamed of Him? How could you ever be ashamed of the one that died? How could you ever be ashamed of the one that gave His very blood for you and I? The Bible says when he was reviled, he reviled not again. How could we be ashamed of the one, the sinless Lamb of God that bare our sins in his own body on the tree? You know, whenever I was out fighting in the streets years ago, if there had been a man stood up for me and defended me and took a beating for me, I would never have been ashamed of that man. But let me tell you how much more the Son of God had took the wrath of God that was my due. And there he satisfied God's justice and judgment and fool that I, a hell-deserving sinner, could go go to heaven. Let me tell you, dear friends, I'm not ashamed of him. Neither are these people. But are you ashamed of him? Oh, I wouldn't want anybody to see me wet. Oh, no, I wouldn't want to get baptized. I wouldn't want to see... I, I'm a behind-the-scenes sort of person. Let me tell you, dear friends. I would doubt your salvation tonight if you don't want to go through the waters of baptism. And I give you a challenge whenever you go home, you read the New Testament. A person wasn't uh, uh, described or accepted as a Christian until they were baptized. You see, dear friends, we not only need to say that we we love him, we need to show it. And the Lord Jesus said, If you love me, Keep my commands. And that's where we're going to go now. And as Adrian comes and leads the meeting in a few courses, whenever you see us come out and Roy and myself, and we ask these people when they're saved, and they say, I was saved that day. And we baptize them on the profession of their faith. And whenever you see them going down under the water, you see them identifying with Christ and coming up in the newness of life. And they say, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause. Now, I don't know if there's someone here and you you haven't put your name down for baptism. But you know, I did something for you this afternoon. I've brought a few changes of clothes because I've come prepared tonight. And I wonder tonight if you're in this meeting and you would say, well, you know, Stephen, I want to identify with this man. I am saved in a note. I have no doubts about that. And I, I want to make a confession, a public confession that I'm nailing the colors to the mass for this man. And you say, now I'm going to be dedicated. I want to do that tonight, Stephen. You come out to to the side here. I'll get you clothes. What what doth hinder you from being baptized? And you know, dear friends, tonight if the Lord Jesus was to come tonight at 12 o'clock and some of you are not baptized, what would you say to him? Oh, it didn't suit me. Well, it suits you now. Oh, my parents weren't there. Let me tell you, dear friends, whatsoever he saith unto thee, do it. Maybe you say, well, I believe in sprinkling or pouring. It's about time that you read the word of God. What doth hinder you from being baptized?